Welcome to the Lead to Lead podcast. We believe that God is calling you to lead yourself and others with wisdom, intention, and humility. Join us as we chat through quick tips, skills, and ways to help equip you on your journey as a leader of yourself and others. All right, guys, I promise this will be the last episode we spend on the opening section of Atomic Habits. Really? Maybe. Oh, okay. But like I said last week, it's just so good for leaders to hear this stuff spelled out. So before the book launches into the four laws of behavior change, James Clear leaves us, leaders, with some diamonds, Doyle. The first is the difference between goals and systems and the reason why our culture is so bad at affecting real, change, real behavior change. So here's the deal. Every coach's goal is to win the championship, right? And every entrepreneur's goal is to have a successful business. So why doesn't every team compete at a high level for the championship? And why doesn't every business turn a profit every year? And more importantly, what's the difference between the winning teams or the profitable businesses and the losing teams and the failing businesses? You guessed it. It's not the goals they set, but it's the systems they have in place. So follow me on this rabbit trail here through one of my hobbies, which of course is football. So in football, there are dynasties where teams see repeated success over a decade or so. Doyle, you've, you've actually lived through all these things and I haven't. So you wanna, what, are the, what are the football dynasties? Well, you have down here the 90s Cowboys, but I don't really care for the Cowboys. Five Super so. Bowls, I believe, in that well, time? Well, yeah, but then you've got to compare that to the Steelers and then we cannot forget the 49ers. Yeah, I know. Doyle's a big 49ers fan. And uh, they didn't have as many Super Bowls, but I would add to that the Indianapolis Colts in the Tony Dungy days. Yeah. Because Tony Dungy, he, he really understood this, this, what we're talking about in terms of having systems in place. Because everybody knew what the system was, and he, except for Peyton Manning, he didn't have all the best players in, in, in the league, but he had one of the best teams in the league that yeah. accomplished a lot. That's true. And each of these teams is given credit for having... Great players, of course, but it's the leaders of the teams, like you said, like Dungy, um, who the, the owners, the general managers, and the coaches, who are given much of the credit for their success, not the players. That's because their systems, or as we would say in the world of football, the cultures that those leaders put in place. Right? So successful leaders create cultures and systems that create the results that line up with the goals of the organization. Now, of course... Doyle, there's another way to success in football, and that would be to cheat over and over and over again, like Care- the Patriots. Careful, careful. But we don't recommend that on this podcast. Please don't be like the Patriots and cheat for the past two decades. So uh, the, the unsuccessful teams, on the other hand, are often accused of having bad leaders at the top, even if they have some of the best players in the game on their team. What's up with that? You realize you just alienated all of New England from listening to our podcast. Yeah, I know. The NFL will also be alienating all of them by punishing them by taking away their first-round draft pick in 2020. Well, this is true. This is true. (laughs) So even though they have the best players or some of the best players, these bad teams um, get all this flack for not having good culture because well-meaning goals combined with talent will not overcome bad systems. As James Clear puts it so concisely... Quote, ultimately, it is your commitment to the process that will determine your progress. So what do these systems look like in real life? And what does it look like to create a culture that leads to success? Doyle, I'm going to throw it over to you because you've, you've lived a lot more real life than I have. 
Uh, thanks for reminding me that I've got a few more years on you. <laughs> I appreciate that. But I think one of the things that's important to remember here is we're not just talking about the leaders knowing and understanding the system. We're also talking about the leaders knowing how to communicate the system mm. in such a way that they get buy-in by everybody that's on the team. That's really that's, good. That's why our contention all along in our podcast from the very beginning is that everyone at the end of the day is a leader. And so a leader helps everyone do a good job at leading themselves. So everybody understands their role in the system. Everybody understands how what they contribute affects the culture. And so everyone's contributing in the same way, but specifically to, how do I say it, the segment or the category that they're responsible for. If you use it in a sports analogy, you can't have an offensive tackle worrying about what the quarterback does because if he's worrying about what the quarterback does, he's forgetting his responsibility to block for the quarterback. Yeah. And yeah. so he has to just remember what his part of the system is. And the better job he does at leading himself in that position is going to have a direct impact on the other persons that are all surrounding him, the other offensive linemen, and particular the running back and the quarterback. In fact, the reality is it ends up overflowing to everybody on that team. But, but the leader starts the process, but I, I don't think we can get away from the fact that it doesn't matter if you have good systems if you don't have buy-in, if you don't have a culture where everybody understands what the role is. I totally agree. And if, Doyle, if I, was, if I were to sum up all of what you just said in one word, it would be identity. It's that everyone needs to have and be secure in their identity within the business or just in general in personal life, but within the football team in your example. So in other words... Trying to change your life or your business based on outcomes or goals leads down a really, really difficult and obstacle-laden path unless you have the identity just imbued in the whole culture, the whole the blood of the organization of, or of yourself. So I've already spoken about the smoking example way back in our first Atomic Habits episode, so let's take a different approach today. All right, you want your business to run smoothly, so you make a change. You give, you give your middle managers more power. That way the issues can be solved quicker and more efficiently without having to get up to you every time. Right? Nicely done. Pretty good, pretty good decision. Unfortunately, your middle managers don't understand your broader, or broader organization-wide vision or the identity of your company. So what you end up with are managers that are misguided and overpowered and then employees that end up confused and drained of morale because they're being overcorrected all the time. So the problem is identity. Yeah, and the, and the problem with the lack of identity is that creates all sorts of problems in the system or in the organization. Problems like uh, comparison, where I start comparing myself with other members of the team hmm. that have the same responsibility, or it also breeds other negative things like criticism. Instead of bringing constructive criticism because I'm trying to empower the other members of the team, what I do is I bring, I bring criticism that is being critical because I'm insecure in what my role is. And the, the lack of clarity is a big deal. And the lack of clarity is what uh, takes away our sense of identity. And a lack of, a lack of clarity, I would say the biggest danger is it breeds insecurity. And if you have a system of people 
that are functioning out of a lot of insecurity and fighting for position, then you're not going to be successful in reaching the long-term goals. Yeah, it's almost as if Jesus talked about this issue, right? Where he talked about the eye wanting to be the hand or the foot wanting to be the ear. It's it, everyone on the team needs to take ownership of their identity to sustain new systems that you want to implement, whether it's as a family team or as a business. Well, it makes me think of when Jesus was with the disciples and the two brothers were arguing over who was going to sit at Jesus' side in mm-hmm. heaven. And he said, what are you guys worrying about? That, that's not the most important thing here. The most important thing is for you to fulfill the role and the calling I've called you to. And you leave those results up to the ones that make the decisions. That's not your call. Yeah. And so everybody knows their position and they stay in that place. Yeah, that's true. So for me, it's, it's a lot easier to talk about this issue on an individual level than a business or a, a higher management level. But I'll give you two examples of that. So the first is, is this guy, he's trying to lose weight, right? That's, we've all been there. So he starts going to the gym five times a week for one week. Burnout, right? He didn't see the results there, so he tries to skip a meal every day. No, that only leads to binging when he does actually eat, right? He realizes that he spent decades building up, check this out, he spent decades building up bad habits that have altered his body, and it's altered his uh, neurological system to crave a ton of bad foods, many to the point of addiction. And that even if he did have the energy and motivation to just force himself to the gym five days a week, every week, it would be like climbing Everest without tools or oxygen. Is it possible? Maybe. Is it likely? No, not at all. So what does this guy do? Well, he either begins the process of changing his identity by changing his beliefs about who he is, or He gets results by swapping addictions from food to adrenaline or food to self-image or any number of completely legal substances or forms of media that will land him with an equal amount of problems in other areas. Isn't it interesting that no matter what we look at, one of the things we keep coming back to is what we covered in one of our first podcasts. It's paying attention to what's going on inside. Mm -hmm. Because when we protect our heart and there's internal pressure on the inside rather than external pressure that's coming because we're trying to find our identity and all sorts of extracurricular type things or uh, external type pressures, Uh, the the results are negative. The results uh, are not only uh, unproductive, they actually take us in the wrong direction. Yeah. And they end up hurting other people is what ends up happening. And any, any leaders that end up hurting other people end up sabotaging the system. That's, that's the problem. That's true. Yeah, and anytime we try to to make an end run around identity being the solution, it just ends up with an equal amount of problems in another area. It's, the problems don't, don't go away. There's a, there's a net amount of problems that you have without dealing with identity. Yeah, and let me just throw another thing in there too. Is If, if you want to know if you're in that kind of system, uh, if you want to know if you're in a toxic type system, if you've got people that are running around blaming other people for the problem, rather than taking responsibility for the problem, that's a pretty good indication that there's a big flaw in the system. Yeah, and we never do that. Oh, no, no, no we've got it all figured yeah. out. But, <laughs> but if the system is one where people are taking responsibility, and what I mean by taking responsibility is, is when I make a mistake, or if I come up short, I take the responsibility of going to you and saying, you know, I really messed up. And, and, and I don't say to you, so how can you help me clean up my mess? I ask the question, what kind of ways can you help me know 
to better clean up my mess. And I take responsibility for it. Yeah, it's a beautiful thing. All right, so let me try to tie all this up together by giving you one last example. And it's, it's really the most powerful example of identity change possible. And no, it's not a story of self-help or physical transformation or daily mantras or even a medical procedure. It's a story of Jesus. Jesus came, he suffered and died for all of us. He owed us nothing. In fact, we were his enemies and we owed the debt. Even while humanity rejected him, hated him, shamed him, he underwent one of the most grueling tortures and painful deaths ever invented, as well as suffering under the weight of all the debt of humanity. And he did it all to give us new identity. Not just a fresh start, either. Metamorphosis is the Greek word for the trans- transformation of identity that he offers us. He gave us an identity entirely different and new from what we had without him. When we believe in him and become his disciples, we receive the identity of a son or daughter of God, a friend of God, and so much more. Nothing can stand in the way of that identity. No addiction is too strong, no brokenness too devastating, and no life past redemption. So as odd as it sounds, believing in Jesus and becoming his disciple is the most important change in identity you could ever make. In fact, it actually leads to a lifelong adventure of becoming more and more like Jesus. Everything else flows from there. Building new systems? Start by embracing your identity as a son or daughter of God. Creating a new culture? Start with your identity as a follower of Jesus. I know this all got real serious real fast, but this is something that Doyle and I pray for every day. We pray that we would be able to encourage you to grow as a leader and experience your identity in Christ every day. So, Jesus... We just ask that you would bless each of our listeners today. Soften their hearts to hear what you're saying to them right now. Show them how to bring every part of their lives under their new identity and highlight the parts where we aren't there yet. Bless them to lead from their identity as your children, your followers, and reflections of who you are to their employees, their teams, their churches, and their families. In Jesus' name, amen.